This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to Week 16's Steelers. Touch down under. I'm Matt Peverell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Davison, on a very special day. We're recording to you live a little bit earlier than we usually go, actually. It's uh, Thursday morning, our time. It's Christmas Eve. But not only is it Christmas Eve, it's Mark Davo's birthday. Happy birthday. Cheers, mate. Um, thank you very much. It's very, very early in the morning. Or, uh, we're coming about 9 a.m., so this is we normally do our shows in the, in the afternoon. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm 31 years old today, so uh, we're getting this because of Christmas and stuff like that. We've got to record now. So yeah, put the time time stamp on it. It's going to be 24th at 9 a.m. So anything after that, if, if we're wrong or uh, if we end up signing Plexico Burrows for our receiver, um, you know, someone like that comes in and we haven't talked about him, well, this is the time stamp. Well, that's it, mate. That's it. I don't think we'll be signing Burrows, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's important to have that time stamp. And equally... I reckon it's pretty special. I reckon you have to be the oldest rookie in the NFL this season or amongst the NFL fan base. <laughs> oh, for, my, for me personally? Yeah, I reckon you have to be the oldest rookie. I, I'm closely following you, but uh, I think in our you rookie season, we're, we're pretty old. Yeah. Well, in our rookie season, we're going through a very, very 
weird speed hump at the moment. It's not like we just went over one of them. It's a collection of speed humps, and it just seems to be every single week we go, okay, we're going to try and get better, and we're going to do this, and then we keep losing. Um, do we start talk about the Bengals game straight away? Like, how do we start this show? Well, that's it. That's it, Mark. Well, there's a few interesting pieces, I think, this week. Um, you know, there's a lot of different headlines. I think, look, let's kick it off where, where it probably should. Um, let's start with a positive. <laughs> you know, you've got to layer the, the tough feedback, as they say, when it comes to giving feedback in management. Layer the, the uh, crap sandwich, if you like, <laughs> with a bit of positive either side. So they announced the Pro Bowl this week, and we had five Steelers on there. You know, we had TJ, which was pretty expected. Minka Fitzpatrick, I think that's fairly expected, even though he's not necessarily generated the same turnovers like he did last year, but, you know, teams aren't throwing his way. Cameron Haywood, I think no one can criticize that. I think if Tua did out a couple of more really positive games, um, you might have seen him up there. And then, but he, he wasn't. Um, and then to Castro on Pouncey. Um, from my perspective, I was a little bit surprised Castro made it in just with the way the Steelers have been the last few weeks and he's missed some games. But I mean, when you saw these five names, what, how do you feel? Well, I, I agree with the, the, uh, the first three, uh, our defense is still, still, you know, elite and still playing well. And they, they just have a, a few more plays and a few more picks here and, um, they can help us score. Now, let me put this out there. Uh, firstly, I'm not an offensive line guy. So mm-hmm. I love the NFL. I love the Steelers. Yeah, I need I need to watch the offensive line more, but because I've never played the position, I don't have a real good opinion on it. However, every fan and their dog can realize that these two players shouldn't be in the Pro Bowl this year. I don't think because we just haven't had that run game and we haven't seen their true test. And when they're um, getting the ball out and Big Ben's getting the ball out and short passes, and this offense, it's still a team game. They shouldn't shouldn't be. I guess, highlighted for their work because, yeah, this offense now hasn't clicked for the last month. And that's going to impact – the offensive line impacts everything. And, and you've, got to, you've got to push that ball forward, you know. Um, it's it's, it's in, in the trenches. So, yeah, I don't know if you have similar thoughts, but I just don't – like every year those two blokes are in it and maybe it's a popularity thing. Well, it is. Know. I mean, if fans do the vote. But I, I think I agree with you 100% on DeCastro. The, I think the thing in Pouncey's favor, as you say, is Ben, he's getting the ball out really quick. So it's hard to gauge what they are as an offensive line, you know, in terms of actual performance. But I think given that Roethlisberger has only been sacked 12 times, that probably goes a little bit in Pouncey's favor. I mean, I do think the last two weeks he's had some pretty average performances, quite frankly, from what I've seen. But you picked up on a really good point out there. And I think it's one that a lot of international fans feel. And that's around the offensive line. That is probably one of the hardest areas of the game as an international fan when you've not had to go at playing the sport to understand like the intricacies of it. Cause I agree with you. Like I've, I've watched a lot of, you know, film room stuff and I've, I've seen people dissect it and what have you. But to me, it's probably the one area where I, I probably feel least, you know, um, adequate or in depth on in terms of the rest of the NFL play. It's kind of like when people see scrums in rugby for the first time, people go, I don't really get the point. And then having played, you know, that, that sport for, you know, over 16 seasons and being in it, like always played a position pretty much my whole career in rugby where I was in there, you sort of sit there and you're like, well, actually you're missing out on the art of what it is. Like it looks boring from the outside, but when you play it, there's all these different things you've got to think about and skills and techniques and what have you. So it's actually a really interesting point that you raised there around the offensive line. But 
Did you think there was anyone on the Steelers that probably was worth a shout on the Pro Bowl that didn't get didn't get didn't quite get there this year? Uh, there could be quite a few players. Like, may, I'm looking to the defense again. Maybe, maybe Stephen Nelson. He's playing pretty good. Uh, Mike Hilton, but no one knows who he is really. Yeah. Um, I, I the, the Pro Bowl is really funny. I like. I know that from a, a, a tweet or a Facebook post I saw somewhere. Um, and that could be right or wrong, but I found out that the coaches have to nominate players first. So there's so there's even a point where there was a rumor that uh, Belichick didn't nominate any players because he didn't want them to be yeah. highlighted and get paid the next year. I never knew that till this year. All oh, so, right, okay. So standpoint in that, well, maybe the coach Tomlin had didn't nominate certain players or just didn't, you know, it's 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 the Pro Bowl now. It's like. Um, it's a funny one because there's no real there's no real game anymore. No one really cares about it. I think the, the other bigger thing is, um, what's the team one where they just have like, um, like first team All Pro, second team yeah, All Pro. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's more more of a highlight than than the Pro Bowl itself because it is just just all it's all who who's the most favorite player. They're not looking into if there is a great guard who's you know hasn't let up a sack or you know who's not flashy. He won't make it. Or for a receiver who does all the blocking, he won't make it. Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. Like it's because it is that fan vote, and as you say there, like it does, it does. People have contract bonuses that get t- like tipped off with it. It's kind of almost. It's also really redundant. Like this year, and obviously COVID's playing into the mix, but it's going to be like the Pro Bowl is going to be played virtually through Madden NFL 21, and it's quite funny. So you know, I'm a big Madden player. And I've held off doing some reviews on the website and what have you or putting them forward or talking about too much this season because Madden has been so problematic as a game for so long. And this year, one of the worst. And like, I've got a PlayStation 5 and Madden, the version on that, there's lots of great things about it that I'm sure people that haven't played in a long time would love. And then there's other parts of it that are just atrocious. And I, I think the game is going to get found out when some of these NFL players get on there and start to play and go, what the hell is this? This this is the first year, Maddie, that I didn't buy Madden because it is a it is a broken product, and we could have a podcast in itself talking about Madden. In in my opinion, Madden hasn't been relevant since '08. The game just hasn't hasn't really progressed. However, it has taught a lot of people in Australia and around the world how to play the game. I still remember um, reading something a few years ago was like um, new fans go to Madden to understand seventy percent of the play calls. And it helps. It really helps on on like uh, cover, cover three, cover two, um, three four defense, four three defense. Um, you know, offensive stuff. That's really fun at the fun side. But I think Madden is broken, and we might see that with EA. Yeah, you're actually really, really right. And for those listeners out there that are Madden players, the other thing that I feel that Madden's not done well in the last few years is really around like sub package. Like, so for instance, the Steelers, you know, they're a three, four, but they often play in that sub package stuff. I don't feel like Madden does that particularly well. But going back to the Pro Bowl, I kind of find it interesting because a lot of the American sports, you know, when you're talking about NFL, um, at the National Hockey League, NHL, or you're talking about NBA, or I think it's the same with baseball, like the all-star weekends happen in the middle. You know, like it's like for us in rugby league, for instance, the state of origin happens midway through the season. And I bring that up because it is broadcast throughout the US. Apparently a couple of million people in the US actually watch that game or the three, the three game series, which is staggered in the middle part of the season. But I I kind of think like, if, you know, as you say, what's the point of the pro bowl in, in, in some sense, would it be smart for NFL to go right? 
middle of the season. We give everyone a buy at the same time. Players get selected to the Pro Bowl. It gives teams a couple extra weeks to, you know, um, get through, you know, get some players back from injury. Because if you think about it, if you've got a 10-week injury in like the second week of the preseason, you only had to go through eight weeks and then you had the, the Pro Bowl in the middle, you could get players back. So you could, for the NFL, you'd have a really good product. And if they're going to add a game, as, as we talk about next season and we start to add games as the CBA goes on, this could be a nice way for them to get a break. I'm surprised. And I know that there's a, if you actually go into further reading about it, there's issues on the player's side about nominating for that. But I just wonder if going forward, either get rid of the Pro Bowl or put it at a more convenient time and actually make something important of it. Because right now it's just a list on a website. Do, do you know what really hurt the Pro Bowl and um, uh, one of the punters that year? Was that um, rest in peace, Sean Taylor? Yeah. He killed, he killed the Pro Bowl. And he, he, or he flat out knocked out that player. And it was awesome to see as a football fan. But the injuries now... They come into into too much. The players and all the you know um, money comes into it as well. The players only play uh, 16, 17 games. Um, where they want to play the Pro Bowl, they should get paid more. Stuff like that. It's really hurt the sport. But I don't, I don't think we overly need it. I would like to see more of the, the fun things they used to do, um, like the QB challenge and, and and stuff like that, or get the get TJ Watt punting and and you know mixed up a little bit, like a bit of fun and a bit of fan interactive when we get our fans back. Um, I don't, the game itself is, it's it's it was laughable. I remember a few few years ago, the the O line was just standing up straight. They're almost shaking hands, like it's not football. It's not what we see in uh, rugby league with our origin. So at some some certain point, I think it has to either be redesigned or, or cut loose. You know what though, I like, and and this will be the last point I make on it because we've talked a little bit about the pro ball here, <laughs> but like I really like, and the same thing in the NBA is like the skills contest. So like in the NBA, I remember like one of my favorite basketball players of all time, Steve Nash, and you watch him do the skills and the dribbling and the three point and the assist and stuff. But like, I love when they, the last couple of years when they've done like, they had like the dodgeball, I thought was really cool to see some of the athleticism there, but even the passing and you'd see some of the, like the defensive backs and, and like cornerbacks and safeties and stuff get in on throwing the ball. Like I just, I I like the other skills stuff. I think it's quite cool. So, um, but if it's going to be that gimmicky, I think, yeah, it needs a bit of a rethink. But anyway, moving on. Week 15, Steelers lost to the Cincinnati Bengals, the 2-10 and 10 Cincinnati Bengals. They were 3-4 and four at home on the season now. So they lost 27-17. Mark, first reactions to that, like, because you, you are well on record as not liking the Bengals, to put it lightly. I hate the Bengals. And this is like, let me put the emphasis on it because uh, we are both from Australia and it's very hard to get a ri- rivalry kind of uh, atmosphere because we don't live in the USA. We're not, not near these um, states. But I hate them so much because of what they did um, throughout the five years with Vontez Perfect and... Yep. Um, those kind of blokes, but this was the like this was the worst game. Sorry, the worst half that I've ever seen in a long time, in a very very long time. Well, as the Scobro said, like you know, Dave sort of said, is this the worst Steelers game ever? I a hundred percent agree. It, it is the it is the worst Steelers game ever. You cannot have a franchise record team eleven and zero, even with a couple of losses in there. You'd expect some losses at some point. 
going into the two and 10 Bengals to take the AFC North without their, like, you know, actually the only good quarterback. And you come up with that score and you come up with that first drive. You come up with that first quarter and you come up with that first half. You're kidding. There was one point where Big Ben had one for six or one for five and minus two yards. This was the 19 part. There was 19 passing yards in the first half. Yeah, it wasn't there 47 yards total. Like, something ridiculous. You like, and I could go out there, anyone. Uh, my pet dog could throw further. Like, I could throw my dog further. Uh, 47 yards is like. Well, I, can, I probably could punt that, I reckon. <laughs> Just. What, what, my dog? <laughs> no, not your dog. It is pretty little. No, uh, no, 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 no. Punt the 47 well, yards. That's how angry I feel. I do feel like Anchorman from that, that movie where he punts a dog because, look, as a football fan, and we're Actually, I need to pause Mark there. I need to pause Mark there. At no point does this show enforce <laughs> violence against animals. We are both very big animal people, particularly myself. Just making that clear for everyone out there. Making that clear. Look, as a football fan, that what we saw on uh, Monday Night Football, they just came, they came out of the tunnel. They weren't ready. They weren't ready until the next half. There was no way. Like you just can't play. You can't have have a half like that. That's forty seven yards. Uh, I think it was punt, punt, fumble, punt, fumble, or something, or interception. You're like, what are we doing? But but this is the thing, and this is what riles me up about. But, Outside of some stats, and as I said to you before we went on air, there's some glaring things. There's just some obvious things where to fix it. And if and if Feitner can't figure it out, and, and it's pretty easy to figure out off a stat sheet, then I, I don't get it, right? Like, see you later, Feitner. Well, I already, I've already wanted that well before this season. But the thing that I don't understand is that not turning up to play is not good enough, right? This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not a Miami Dolphins of a couple of years ago. It's not a Jacksonville Jaguars. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Equally, equally, they have an experienced quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. They have a, a coaching staff that's been in there for a long time, led by Mike Tomlin. That, you know, and he means business. He does mean business. Regardless of whether you want him sacked for performance or not, he does mean business. He's serious about what happens. Now, when you look at players like not just Ben Roethlisberger, right, who can be on his own a little bit at, at times, and that's what you get as a feeling as a fan, but you've got – Experienced guys like Cameron Haywood, Stefan Tuitt, Tyson Alawalu. I mean, even TJ Watt, the professionalism he brings to the game. Minko, who's a student of the game. Joe Hayden, you know, guys like that. It's not good enough to not turn up to play. The veteran presence, the seriousness, like where is the standard is the standard? Because the standard ain't been there the last three weeks. Maddie, Maddie, where is our leader? Where's the leader that Cam or whoever is going around that locker room and shaking people in their shoulders and saying, man up, play football. That's it. Who's leading from the front? Who's taking... I don't know who is. I, but, I can't but tell I, you But I'll tell you, if Benny Snell, and we'll, we'll talk about the Colts in part two of the show, but if Benny Snell can run like that from the get-go, yeah, yeah, great. Like, talk about a young bloke grabbing, grabbing it by the horns in a prove-it year. I mean, but you're right. Exactly it. Who's the one leading everything here? Who, who's the and and it's it's very difficult to see right now and that this is where like the rubber's hitting the road now for the Steelers like they're in the playoffs now right fine that that road's been that road's been paved but you're gonna stop and go off track like you are well off track now like you got to get back on track. Do you know what it feels like as well? It feels like with the offense, even when I watch them, 
um, with some of the players. Like, it feels like all 11 players in the field are only doing, like, they're just doing their job or they're, they're, or they're not really that focused on their job. But they're not, they're not playing the team football anymore where, like, say uh, 19 knows what, what 13 is doing. Or, like, you can see when they break the hull, they're like, okay, I've got to run over here. I'm going to do my um, pre-snap, like, uh, motion to here. And then I'm going to run that, like, that uh, out route or whatever. But they're not, they didn't, they're not communicating together. The O-line isn't communicating together. I don't see them, like, I don't see any chemistry, like, when they break the huddle and they're like, we're doing this and, it's, and there's something going to be creative going to happen. Um, Benny Snell did play a good football game second half, but I still don't think he has enough, like... Um, Jets? He just... I haven't seen players... I was watching so many games, a few, few games last night, and the running backs, and, like, these blockers in, in certain teams are getting to the second level. And there are holes opening Mate, every single time. Sec- it's just like a, it's like a flat wall. As soon as our guys guys get past the first level, they're ball wa- like they're ball watching. They just stand there and go, "Isn't that pretty?" Like and that's that's what I'm saying. Like we they're not playing. They're not. I don't know, something's happening in this locker room. They're, they're, we're not. That's not being talked about because yeah, like I just see like Washington sitting there on the sidelines and he's. he's He's playing good, but he's not fired up. But but this is it, right? People talk about the loss of Munchak to the Broncos all the time, right? It's not like that is a big loss. But and I will and I will continue. I've said it in live chats. I've said it. We've said it on this podcast. I've said it in comments in our Slack channel to him. You know, blue in the teeth or whatever the the phrase is. You can, I'm getting fired up now. Like, I've seen a, I've seen a few of those. I steer clear. There's about about 19 messages. I'm like, ah, oh, I haven't got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> but Thieke Knight is not an offensive coordinator. He's a glorified quarterback coach that just yeah. goes yes, no, three bags full, Ben. Um, but like, that's why the O line is only getting the first the, 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 through the first level because he's only the only concept for him is just as long as the ball gets out really quickly, I've done my job because I'm a quarterback coach. There's no the whole of us need to shift bloody forward. Like it, I can't understand it. But exactly this offensive part that you talk about and not not turning up and not making a difference. So for, for some perspective, the Steelers' season high this season of total offensive yards was 410 against the Denver Broncos. Their low for offensive yards is 221 yards, which they got against the win against Baltimore back in week eight. Now, of the three loss of the five lowest um, sort of offensive yards that they've managed to earn in the game, of the five lowest, three of them are the losses that we've had. And two of them, the second worst and the third worst, have happened against the Bengals and the Bills, where they've literally only... So the three losses, they had 326 offensive yards against Washington football team, 244 against the Bengals, like this week in week 15, and 224 against the Buffalo Bills, which I generally know I'm having a fairly decent defense. But it's pretty clear that when we cannot, we cannot go anything above 325, we lose a game, let alone actually anything under 300 offensive yards, we lose. They can't – well, I thought you were just going to say then they can't score, but at the same time, you can't even get a first down. You can't get a first down. And that's ridiculous. Um, I think uh, Big Bro Scope and Dave brought up yesterday, yesterday's show, which was, was a great point. And I, I didn't see it live, but I wish I did because I would have commented. Um, there was a play where Juju was meant to get the screen and Vance McDonald was out in the front and, and blocking. And then Big Ben changed it up and went to DJ, and DJ was covered by three uh, cornerbacks. Now – Big Ben is just not reading the play. He's, he's almost like he's out psyching himself, I think, on a lot of plays. 
And that would that could have been a big like I saw it in the replay. Juju was open. He had uh, a blocker to his to his left. He had, he had Vans in front of him. He had so much room if he got that ball. That's where the player was designed to go. Now it's not happening like that. Even with the deep balls, he threw to Clay Claypool when he had about four. I think he had about four defensive backs on him. Like the, he's he's reading. He's going his first read, and the short passing game has been figured out now. And the Bengals were just on that straight away. Like with the Juju play, I still remember. I was in my living room and I, I shouted out to my my, uh, my parents. I, I didn't mean to shout. I was pretty angry that day. But I said, it's going to Juju. 100%. The way they were set, uh, I could have been lucky, but the way they were set in the in the trio and they like to do that little um, route yeah. across across the field. And next minute, it was already, he was already going there. The safety came down and blew him up. Like this offense is so predictable. And it doesn't need to be because you, no. we said we had picked their poison five players and we got, and now it's like, okay, I'm just going to focus on one play to get here and I'm going to go by the script. doesn't matter what the um, the defense looks like. It's just so frustrating because that was a really, like, that game, the, I, I, don't, I never want to, like, speak of that game the, the first half again or even the end because we just didn't, they're not, I don't know if they're not ready to play, if it's the coaching throughout the week. Excuse me. If it's, like I said, last week with um, Randy, what do you do all week? Like you've got so much time, and how how are you not figuring out these defenses? How are you not figuring out who the the Bengals' worst player is? If it's a middle linebacker or if it's a cornerback, to take advantage of them, you've seen coaches do that. It, it got happened to us um, with with uh, Stefan Diggs and and other players like that. They have plans in place. It's like oh no, we've just got our, our playbook and we're going to go off that. But but like when we talk about first downs. Have a guess, Mark, at the results of the of the worst three games this season for first downs from the Steelers in offense. Oh, they're going to be losses. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Seventeen, fourteen, and twelve. We had Which... twelve first downs against the Cincinnati Bengals. Was <laughs> twelve was the oh my lord. Twelve first downs. That's it's... three a quarter. That is three a quarter. That is not that's an good. average of three a quarter. Then there was like none in the first half. Oh, there's probably a couple, but like the... that is just. Look, I I am just gobsmacked. Um, the the Bengals, they they okay. The, the ammo the Bengals have, they're fired up. I actually saw their, their victory speech, speech was quite good. Um, you know, their Monday Night Football, it's our Super Bowl, it's like this. It's it, we're playing the Steelers. Let's get fired up. Fair enough. But the Steelers have to be like, hey, we're going to win the AFC North. But they just come out so flat. Like like beyond words is almost like how do you not twelve first downs and a hundred yards and Ben was doing nothing it's 100%. just what where's the change what do we do how do we change this is it so there's a great point you bring up what deeping going a bit deeper into these stats the Steelers of the three losses two of them have come when we have failed to pass for more than 200 yards now we lost against Washington when we passed for 300 yards but we couldn't run the ball there like we had literally 21 yards of rushing but if you look at the two games that we lost again recently against the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals we sc- we threw for 177 against the Buffalo Bills and 158 from the Cincinnati Bengals so what we know there is that as teams are figuring out the Steelers as you say the opportunity to actually pass the ball is getting worse. Now people talk about drops against Buffalo and drops against Washington. Well, there were drops against Washington. We still had 300 yards. And I know there was a long play from James Washington in that game. On the other side of the football, we've talked this, this season a lot about, 
and it's been talked well a lot about on BTSC across the different um, podcasts or live YouTube shows and in articles about the lack of a run game. At, at every every any Steelers fan knows there's been a lack of a run game, and equally a lack of a really leading back with Connor out injured or Connor unwell on COVID or just Connor in general really when he's in there, um, and you can't expect Snell to do it. But you know every single loss this season has come when we have failed failed to rush for more than 86 yards. So if we rush for under 100 yards as a benchmark, there's a chance we're going to lose lose a game. And in fact, and in fact, our two losses have come, two of our three losses have come and we failed to rush for 50 yards. And the Steel Pittsburgh Steelers this season have failed to rush for more than 50 yards in 5 out of 14 games. So it's almost 30% of the time or actually, it's more than that off on the math. On the math, more like yeah, it's roughly about 40 percent of the time the Steelers cannot push the ball. Yeah, about yeah, about thirty. Anyway, roughly about a third of the time the Steelers cannot rush the ball for more than fifty yards. A third of their games. It's in the NFL. So, in the NFL, so, so hard to watch because the running game is just not there at all. It's it's there's just no push from these these fellas. Like I like you watch the game and even when the the Bengals kicked off and we got the ball first. I slightly said to myself, oh, no, like, because we, I haven't, I can't remember um, on a consistent basis where we have moved the ball down the field, maybe a few years ago, but we know, we know we're going three and out. We already, we already know. Now we had Pouncey out for a couple of games. He's come back. Then we've had other injuries. If they get Dotson back this week, which I'm pretty sure if I look it up um, on Wednesday, he was a full participant, which is really good. Right now I can get, we can sort of talk, all right, well, injuries play into it from the push. But if they can't get 60 to 70 yards minimum this week against um, the Colts, they're going to have a real problem. They're going to have a real problem against, against the Colts defense. But anyway, we'll, we'll go that in, into that to part two. But if they're sitting there offensively and wondering why they've had losses, it, it's pretty obvious when you start to go through it. We can't rush the football. There's no push on the offensive line. And this quick passing offense is just, it, it's not working anymore. It's figured out. You did it 11 weeks and now everyone knows what you're doing. You played your hand. Yeah. We thought there was like one or two problems, but it looks to be there's about seven or eight problems. That's good. Right. Because, and you know, in life, whether it's business or sport, it's the one percenters that matter. Right. So if you can start to fix all these things by two and 3% across the board, we we can't get any worse. Surely we can't get any worse (laughs) than than that. uh, That half was 17 nil. And we started to come back. I had I had a uh, like we sh- never should have won that game, but we started to come back. It was um oh, 20, 27, 17 at, at the end, but yeah, uh, just if you just know how talented these players are, and it's maybe it's schematical and it's like a bit of heart, a bit of motivation. You need someone to really uh, maybe Dotson comes in and knocks over someone, and, and they go, "Whoa, we've got something here," you know. Or uh, Benny Snell like runs thirty yards for a touchdown. We just need something. That locker room needs a jolt. They just need to do something. The other thing as well that I think is playing into it, just to wrap up part one, is turnovers, right? Like the Steelers haven't lost a game this season when the offensive the offensive side of the football, there's been no turnovers. We've lost two games when we've had two or more turnovers. And like those two losses have also occurred when the defense has had no turnovers. So it's really important. Like we couldn't turn the ball over against the Cincinnati Bengals and we couldn't turn the ball over against the Washington football team. So if a defense is not going to be able to turn the football over and you, and you can't rely on that week to week, then, and, and you can't, like I'm saying, even the best defense, you shouldn't be relying on your defense to turn the football over to win the game. 
but the offense can't be committing offensive turnovers. Like not when, not when you're putting up those numbers. Like if, if you were throwing for four touchdowns, if Ben was throing four touchdowns every game or even three and then he threw one interception and we're rushing it for 150 yards and milking the clock, you'd sort of go, okay, we can figure this through. Let's just tighten up. But none of that's happening. They just played our game, Matty. The Bengals, the Bengals played our game. Uh, short field turnover. That uh, interception by Big Ben was horrible. Uh, we all make mistakes, but that was in their favour. Juju across the field, he already knew where it was going to be. It should have been maybe a PI with a head-to-head, sure. But he knocked the football on. Uh, it could have even been an incomplete pass, but that was a fumble. And the, the other one that came up was the uh, snap and Big Ben dropped it. And then we give the ball over short field again. That's where the 17 points, 17 points came from. Um, they just played our game and, and out-muscled us, really. And that's, that's neat. If this didn't wake them up this week, you gotta, you're the underdog now at home. Uh, you're $2.10 in Australia. You know, uh, Colts are the favourite. You just got to – I, I put a lot of this game, if we're going to preview a little bit, I put a lot of this game on Juju, 100%. Juju's got to quiet the noise about this TikTok stuff and he's got to go out there and Rick Rock. That's it. That's it. That <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, Seals fans, that wraps up part one of our show this week. Stay tuned for part two where we really preview this week against the Colts. Look forward to joining you in part two. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.